0: This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Cooney. Now, crank it up.
1: Okay, we are back, baby. We're back. Steven, you out there? I'm totally out here. What's going on, dude? We got another Crank It Up. Have you heard these bands episode coming on? Yeah, this
2: is almost a part two because we had so much great stuff to share. We didn't want to put it all in one episode. We wanted to divide it up a little bit, and that's exactly what we did. So we got more new Crank It Up, new music spotlight to share with all these people. That sounded crazy wrong. We got new music to share with people. How's that sound?
1: That sounds good. What's interesting, and I'm kind of all over the place on this. So MTV, you know, back in the day, that's probably where we got most of our new music, you know, and it's like, hey, what's that cool new band, blah, blah, blah. And the record companies were basically siphoning out what they wanted, whether it's payola, whether it's whatever, to let the masses hear it. Well, I'll tell you, they had it right most of the time. Like the stuff I liked, I liked. And when I go back and listen to some of the stuff, they weren't really pimping that hard. It wasn't that great of stuff, to be honest. Nowadays, you are absolutely on your own. There is so much music out there. There isn't anybody telling you what's good, bad, or indifferent. And I'll tell you, for every band that I find that I like, I find like three or four bands I really don't like that much. Do you find the same thing?
2: Yeah, but all in all, I like having the choice of it all. So I don't have the time to go through the massive amounts of stuff that there is, but I try to make time and I at least like the opportunity to decide for myself whether I like it or not. Uh, I like that nobody's telling me what to like because you're sure not getting any rock music on radio or MTV or anything like that. So it is all at your discretion. And truthfully, it's More times than not, it's Spotify or friends in the podcast community that are telling me what to check out.
1: Yeah, what's crazy is I'm still missing stuff. So I'll go every week to decibelgeek.com to see what they've got reviewed. I'll go to melodicrock.com to see what they got on there. I'll go to the Frontier site to see what they've got released. I check my Spotify feed to see what's new. And I still miss stuff. You got a whole system to the thing yeah and i still miss stuff which is crazy well yeah i I don't
2: i gave up on that a long time ago i think with the massive amounts of stuff coming out right now that you're not going to catch everything i mean how many how many times are we still going back to records released you know 10 years ago that i'm like i never even heard of these guys this album's great you know
1: yeah no makes sense And the nice part about it is the whole world opens up to you when the record companies kind of aren't in the way. So let's get started. My first pick is a band called Wheels of Fire from Italy. Third album. They've been around since 2006. I would call them melodic hard rock. uh, Kind of a smoother L.A. sleaze feel, but very listenable. Uh, On vocals, Dave Rocks, Barbieri, On guitars, Stefano Zeni, On keyboards, Federico De Baiz. On bass, Marcello Susani. And on drums, Fabrizio Uselini. Check that out. Those are some Italian names right there. Uh, The three albums, the first one got released in 2010 called Hollywood Rocks. The second one was in 2012 called Up For Anything. And they just released their third album on July 6th of 2019, check out this song called Scratch That Bitch.
2: What's amazing to me is you can have all these names and all this international flair with your band, Wheels of Fire, but then you put out a song called Scratch That Bitch. (laughs) It's a good song, though. (laughs) It, It is. Don't get me wrong. I like the song. I do like the song. I just commented on some of the rock and roll titles uh, or sleaziness is it knows no boundaries. It'll cover internationally, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it kind of makes me, makes me laugh a little bit. That's all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of nice to know that, you know, there's, there's a lot of music in Europe and we talk about, you know, stuff coming out of Germany or Switzerland or Sweden. Now we got Italy in there. There's stuff coming out of the UK. It's, Man, I I just wish there was just as many U.S. bands that uh, felt like that. I'm sure there is. Maybe I just don't hear a lot about them. But, uh, man, Europe seems like it's got it going on. Well, you know what? And
2: I think I'm going to switch things up just a tiny bit because you gave me the perfect segue there. So I'm going to go next, and then I'm going to throw it back to you. But you talked about German bands. And so one of my first picks happens to be a band from Germany. And I found these guys through Spotify or something like that. And it just so happens that they were on the Kiss Cruise. I think it was the year before last. Maybe it was last year. I didn't see them. I haven't ever been on a Kiss Cruise. But I understood they were pretty good. It's a band from Germany called The New Roses. They've got a few albums out. They've got four albums out. They've just released the fourth album. I mean, like literally a month ago, maybe not even a month ago, called Nothing But Wild. They got an album called Without a Trace that they released in 2013. Dead Man's Voice, which I'm going to play you a song off Dead Man's Voice that was released in 2016. And one more for The Road released in 2017. Just a great straight ahead hard rock band. A little bit bluesy at times. uh, Almost like... Maybe not as heavy as Guns N' Roses, but maybe heavier than the Choir Boys. Somewhere in there. Just a bluesy hard rock band. I like them a lot. I like a lot of the material off each one of their records. I think they're consistent records. But this is a song called Thirsty, which I think is a freaking awesome tune. Check it out.
1: So that song is definitely radio-friendly compared to the rest of the songs on that album, to be honest. Timmy's voice, super raspy. It's not the most dynamic voice on the planet, but it does have, the music has like this, to me it had like a Cinderella, Dead Daisies feel, so it's very, very listenable, but that Thirsty song is made for radio for sure.
2: Yeah, totally. The band was founded in 2007 by singer Timmy Ruff and drummer Urban. Bertz, and officially took the name the new roses in 2012 i love the band i like the consistency of the records cinderella i don't necessarily hear but definitely i can see where you're coming with from the dead daisies angle which i just i like straight ahead dirty rock and roll like that uh, so I, w- I would urge people to go check out, at least get one record and listen to it through dead man's voice is a great record to start with. If you want to start with the latest one, uh, nothing but wild, then you can do that as well. I haven't spent a ton of time with the new one. I went through it once or twice. Uh, I like it. I don't know if I like it as much as dead man's voice, but that might just be a time thing. So give me a little bit more
1: time with that record and we'll see. Okay, so we were talking about not a ton of U.S. bands are coming out. Well, what if I told you there was a band out there that if you like these bands that you're going to love, if you like Tesla or Cinderella or Badlands or Tora Tora or Rival Sons or Inglorious, then you want to check out this new band called Westbound. L.A. band set up by vocalist Chaz West, who was in the Resurrection Kings, he was in Bonham, he's been in Lynch Mob. The guitar players Roy Z, who was in Bruce Dickinson, who was in Rob Halford. The other guitar player is Jimmy Buckard. The bass player is Jason Cornwell, and the drums is played by Dave Moreno. And Brian Titchie co-wrote and played on a few of these songs too. Chaz finally kind of just, you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing, do something that's very classic hard rock, feels like kind of late 80s, early 90s got a touch of blues got killer melodies and you put all that stuff in a blender and this song I'm play for you almost sounds like Whitesnake to be honest with you so check this out it's a song called Never Surrender
2: I dig that tune, but I can't find that band on Spotify I found Westbound, but it's nothing like that band. So we got another problem with trying to
1: find a band with a common name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on, it's on uh, Spotify. Cause that's where I listen to it. The album's called volume one. So I'm assuming someday there'll be a volume two, but it's got 11 songs and Chaz really does really well. And then Roy Z's a monster. I mean, If you haven't heard some of the Bruce Dickens and stuff, you need to go back and listen to it. But um, it's a really good album, and it kind of gives Chaz his own thing to do instead of always kind of, you know, backing up somebody else.
2: God dang, man. I I can't find that. There's all kinds of crap. Westbound, Volume 1, and it's like Boss G and Top Dog
1: and... (laughs) Rick. <laughs> i guarantee the listeners will be able to find it because they they have one thing that you don't have they don't have your brain they well, have a better one
2: i've decided that we will no longer play a band with a common name ever <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so unless your name coochie coochie coo coo we're not playing <laughs> wow damn which i'm sure there's a band in japan called that uh, probably that probably sucky <laughs> yeah i like that westbound thing now all i gotta do is find it on spotify can you share? just found it i have it right here yeah can you share that link with me uh sure coming your way all right Uh, that way i can find it on spotify you share the spotify link that'll work all right so we're on to mine. just like the last episode where we had the opportunity to Uh, see striker live and sit down with dan clary from Stryker and do a short interview i had the opportunity not to see this next band live but i did have an opportunity to interview the band across the pond so we jumped on skype and they were in england and i was here in the states and i got a band called hell's addiction on the line it's two brothers the singer And the singers, Ben Sargent and his brother, Liam Sargent, who plays lead guitar. And then Dan Weir, who plays rhythm guitar and lead guitar. Jason Green on bass and Luke Morley on drums. I had the opportunity to uh, jump on this phone call with Liam Sargent, Dan Weir, and I think it was Luke Morley, the drummer. That was who was on the call. And we talked a little bit about... Uh, the difference in trying to break a band in the UK versus the US. It was a good conversation. But more importantly, I'll give you guys the opportunity to check out some of their music. They just released an EP called V1, which is basically the idea, and we'll get into this in the interview, was they were going to release a couple of EPs, Volume 1, Volume 2. But when they released V1, the feedback that they got on this EP was so great that people were basically bitching that they didn't put out a full-on album. Uh, They have already put out one record, so I encourage you guys to go out there and check out the full-length record that they have out now. But I love this band. Straight up hard rock, man. No thrills, rock and roll. So, check out this interview that we did with Hell's Addiction, and we'll come back and finish this episode off afterwards.
3: Hi, guys. This is Liam from Hell's Addiction. You're listening to the Grown Up Rock Podcast. Crank that shit up.
2: So we got the band hell's addiction on the line all the way across the pond welcome to the grown up rock podcast how are you Yeah,
3: hello good thank good, you good man. thanks
2: all right so let's just start with the bio because i found the bio kind of uh humorous a little bit and uh You know, bios, they're kind of uh, written to hype everything. And so the first line caught my attention. Hailed as the bastard child of an illicit three-way between Skid Row, Early Guns N' Roses, and ACDC, the Lester UK band, Quintet, Hell's Addiction, are here to fuck your world up and make you come crawling back for more. Good God, gentlemen.
3: (laughs) Just about covers it? Hashtag truth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as I listen to the band, I think that's a fair comparison. I don't, I don't think that that's so far off. So, do you guys agree with all that? Did you have a hand in writing this, or is that just some publicist that uh, writes something they think is good?
3: Yeah, you got it. <laughs> no, no, we, we don't kind of write that stuff about ourselves. But it's, it's a, it's a pretty fair description, to be honest. I think there's a, just been mentioned a few times, and then a few more words have just got chucked into the mix. mix. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to the band since the last record, Broken, which is, I found you guys through Spotify. You know, Spotify is really good about saying, hey, you listened to all this stuff, so check this band out, right? Oh, yeah. And their algorithms for their platform are really pretty accurate for me. At least that's been my experience. Uh Uh-huh. So let's jump right into this. Liam, as a guitar player, who and, and what were your influences? Who influenced you?
3: I think growing up as a, as a kid, my old man, he played in bands years and years ago. So he used to wake up on, on weekends, Saturday mornings, and there'd be stuff like uh, Free Beyond, Boston, Kansas. And then like, you'd be playing Gary Moore, The Doors, just, just so many different things. So I grew up with that kind of classic rock kind of thing, a bit of a blues thing. And then as I got a little bit older, I kind of just got into the the '80s side of things. You know, you sort of GNRs and Skid Rows and all all that kind of thing. So uh, there's a lot of influences there, really. As a guitar player, Gary Moore is one of my definite heroes. But yeah, it's right across the board, really.
2: Yeah, and as a writer, who influences you?
3: As a writer, I don't know. To be fair, I don't think I could singly pick. Anybody out as a writer, I'm influenced by a lot of things. A lot lot of what I grew up with, like Skid Row and GNR and and, and stuff like that, I think are big influences, whether I think they are or not. They definitely kind of show themselves up in the music without a shadow of a doubt.
2: Yeah. Tell the story because I doubt a whole lot of listeners over here in the U.S. are really that familiar with Hell's Addiction. Mm -hmm. How did the band come together? Because it's both yourself and your brother that are in the band, along with Dan, Jason, and Luke, right?
3: Yeah correct yeah yeah I mean the band um, I played um, in bands with my brother Ben for a little while before a few different bits and pieces it kind of came together through the ashes of a couple of bands really splitting up and then just through mutual friends somebody brought uh, well actually I played with you didn't I Luke in a, in a band before so me and Luke we sort of played together in a band before so I kind of dragged him through well it's not that I dragged it's not that I dragged him through we just sort of said look we're not doing anything let's have a jam and we kind of just got five guys together, well, four to begin with, four guys together, myself, Luke, my brother Ben and Jason, just sort of got in a room and hashed a few songs out. And we took it from there. And then as a later addition, Dan joined, because Ben used to play guitar, you see, when he sang, and we, he wanted to concentrate on singing. And we said, let's get a second guitar player. And I said, well, I think I know the man for the job. It's just whoever he wants to do it. <laughs> and he did. So right. it all worked.
2: Personally, I like the two guitar band. I think it sounds better live, and
3: yeah, it's just, you get you've got it's just just gives you that more aggressive attack, definitely. And you can do the harmony work with the guitars, and when one drops out for a solo, you still got the punchy rhythm there. It's yeah, it's it's, my, it's definitely my sort of sound.
2: How do you guys go about your writing process? Do you guys start with a riff? Does somebody come in with a melody? How do, how does that all go about?
3: I think it's going on. We uh, pretty much go up to the band room. Play. Someone starts playing a riff. I'll lay some drums down to it. The bass picks up along, and Ben just starts singing. And uh, pretty much know within the first minute of just playing that riff whether it's going to be good or not. And yeah. then we stick with it. We'll probably play it out, and then we'll work on it.
2: Yeah, you you just hash it out.
3: Yeah, there's no single songwriter at all. All five of us get in a room. Sometimes it ends up in an argument. Sometimes it ends up in a great song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the best kind of bands, isn't it?
3: Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, Tough love. Yeah, pretty much. You know, ultimately, all we're trying to do is make the music that we want to hear. And I think if you stay true to that, you can't go wrong.
2: I would agree 100% with you. the ep versus the full album this time around
3: uh we had a bit of a break last year and we just wanted to get music out there as fast as possible really possible so the ep was the quick way to go you can get it done a lot quicker and we booked a tour alongside that so it's just great to get music back out there and get kicking on again in and as we are speaking to you now we are currently sat in a studio we're We're in the recording album number three so yeah
2: Okay, so you are working on a full-length album, then?
3: Yeah, well, originally, because obviously the EP was V one V one point zero, there was going to be a follow-up EP as in V two, but because V one sold so well on digital platforms on on iTunes and Amazon and things like that, you know, there, there is more call for an album. But it's not it's not gonna be fair to our fans to just give them another EP now because they they, they treated us so well after this after this this last EP that they deserve an album, you know.
2: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting trend, and I can't speak for the UK, but it seems like to me there's an interesting trend going around amongst rock bands, primarily, where these bands are putting out EPs versus full-length records. Skid Row did it, Greta Mm -hmm. Van Fleet did it. Yeah, yeah. So do you see that as becoming a trend?
3: I think what it is is I think it keeps you present because... if if you've not done anything for three or four months, you release an album, it gets reviewed. You go, you you tour around, and then all of a sudden, you, it's like you fall off the face of the planet. And if you've not done anything for six months, it's almost like you starting, starting again. Yeah, you have forgotten about. it. It's like starting again. So I think people, I think bands tend to do it to keep yourselves in the spotlight, to keep a product out there, to, just to keep you active, really. you as well. It's, it's also a good opportunity to go out and play some gigs. Yeah, know, and it's it's something new to show people you know, and like Liam said, to keep in the spotlight. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I spoke to somebody, uh, and I don't remember from which band, uh a month or so ago, and we were kind of discussing the fact that albums don't necessarily have the same shelf life as they once did. And what he meant by that was basically he can release an album in January of one year and still... Come back to it in December and tour on that record. Yeah, I don't know whether I think it's always a good idea to get new stuff out there. Don't get me wrong; I think that's definitely a new, a good idea. You know, bands back in the day they used to release an album once a year, right? You would get a brand new album every year.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're lucky if you get something. You know, the, the gaps now sort of five, six, seven years sometimes is it's, it's a crazy amount of time, really.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I would be fine if a band chose to release four or five songs every six months to a year, because personally, albums that are released that are an hour and a half long, my attention span's not that long anymore.
3: <laughs> would well, you know what? I who's really is, though? You get to 45 minutes and, you know, no matter how great the songs are, if you've had seven or eight great songs, your attention's not there. It's just yeah. not there.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the classic rock albums that we grew up on were, were what, thirty-two to thirty-eight minutes long.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Maximum ten tracks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. As a young and newer band, what do you guys find are some of the challenges of gaining a following?
3: <laughs> that is the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> certainly is one of the one of the challenges. Because we're the modern age, we're a computer age, you can sit at your screen and you can watch everything. It's getting people off the is onto the feet, and out into venues, really, I think, is is, is a challenge, definitely. Yeah that's, definitely a challenge. yeah, that's that's a challenge in itself. And then breaking out of your own your own comfort zone, I suppose, you have areas that you've probably frequented more than others on tour where people come out and see you, but you, you've got to try and break out of those areas and, and break new ground, really, and try and get people out into those. It's it's Everything's a challenge. Everything's a challenge, really.
2: Yeah, and it's no different here in the States as it is there in the U.K., I would pose this question because once a long time ago, the primary goal of every band was to get a record contract. That was it. Got to get a record contract. Yep. I think nowadays that a record deal... Is not as important as it once was. No, I think now what is the most important thing for a new band is it gigs? Is it a tour? Is it followers? Is it likes? What takes priority for you guys as a band now? Because I don't think it's a getting a record deal anymore.
3: No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Exactly no, it's gigs and uh, people to gigs. I'd say that's what we try and prioritize. Uh, and by releasing your music and using all the social media platforms is the best way to get people out. But it's still, I'd say, definitely people to gigs, buying your merch. That's what keeps things going at the minute. Yeah, like, music, like, music's a priority to me. I think just the writing the best music and recording to the best of our ability, and and then if you can put that out there and get that in front of enough people, everything else should kind of follow a, a little bit. I think really, it's the the circle, isn't it? It is the constant circle that you want to yeah. you want to sell more records yep. so you can get more people at the gigs you want to get more people at the gig you and sell more records and t-shirts <laughs> so it's somewhere in the middle there everything is kind of relevant even the record companies are relevant on a pr level you know because whether they're they're still as important or not you know you get signed to a big label all of a sudden people are going well th- these guys must be good you know and again the whole facebook like thing helps Of course, it helps. But ultimately, it's that cycle of gigs to sell records, make records, get people to gigs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with Liam in saying that the music, the music's always the most important. You let the music do the talking. If it's good, people like it and it'll carry itself. But I also agree with the rest of you in that, you know, it's a cycle. So you release new music, the new music speaks for itself, people will uh, stream it, they'll do whatever. And if they like it, when you're coming to their town, hopefully they get off their asses and they come down and see you. Yeah. If they come down and see you, you guys give them a kick-ass performance, then they're going to buy that hell's addiction t-shirt. Yeah. And so that's the cycle as it is. And then social media, of course, plays a part in all that by getting out there to people and letting them know that you're in their town or, or whatever. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So record companies, yeah, I mean, record companies have the muscle to promote you and to get you a good distribution deal, which technically any band can do, right? A band can get a distribution deal and hire a PR person to do their PR. But to me, that's the role of the record labels now. It doesn't mean much, much else outside of that. No. Do you guys do a whole lot of North American press at all?
3: To be honest, um, America is is new territory for us, as in uh, we're just sort of getting ourselves heard and about. Yeah, you guys have got much better taste in music. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I don't know if I'd say that, but somebody sent an article to me recently where Gene Simmons from Kiss is over there doing, you know, they're playing shows over there, and he was doing press, and this was probably for the benefit of the UK press, but he said, you know, European bands, English bands did it much better than American bands. And, you know, there's a whole lot more to that story than just his comment. But obviously, English bands influenced a whole lot of uh, American bands at one point in time here. So... Music to me is boundless as to where it comes from. If it's good, it's good.
3: Music, you know, if you're talking about British and American music, it's chicken and egg,
2: isn't
3: it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You know, what influenced the Beatles? Right. It was the blues and, and, and stuff that came out of America. And same, then, same with the Stones and Brian Jones it, back absolutely. in the day. He was, you, you know, was and then broke. what influences Kiss? Well, it's the Beatles. Right. And it just goes backwards and forwards. It's chicken and egg.
2: Yeah, everything comes from somewhere, so yeah, agreed with that for sure. Have you guys uh, played outside of Europe ever?
3: No, no, not not as of yet. There is plans afoot, but whether they uh, whether that ship makes the uh, yeah. makes makes the ocean, we, we, we'll be yet to see. But uh, we'd we'd love to uh, to get abroad and play, especially especially over to American yeah. states and Canada, and it'd be cool. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Really.
2: Yeah, I understand. So what's next for Hell's Addiction? What's going on next?
3: Well, currently we are, as I say, sat in the studio uh, recording Album 3. Yep. And we'll be doing that for the foreseeable future. We've got a few, a few gigs. We've got some festivals to Festival play, sort of play the summer out. And, and we're, not, we're not booking too much at the moment because we're concentrating on the third album, really, just getting that, um, getting that wrote and, and sorted and recorded. So really, the big push will be, will be next year, won't it, as such? Yeah.
2: That's one thing great about Europe is that you guys have festival season over there which is fantastic. So there's yeah. tons of different opportunities for uh you guys. You guys got the opportunity to play download, right? It's
3: true. Yeah. We did. Yeah, we uh, we opened download in 20 2016 it was. It was um it was amazing. It's <laughs> it's the one the festival no matter where you're from on the planet that everybody wants to if you're if you're in a rock and roll band or a metal band, that's the one that everybody wants to do, you know.
2: Now, those of us uh, from the old days, we know that as Castle Donnington, of course. That's
3: right. Monst- Monsters of Rock. Yep. Yep.
2: I still have a uh, Castle Donnington Monsters of Rock tour book from uh, nineteen, like eighty four or something.
3: Hey, uh, oh, Gary Moore Van Halen, Y&T.
2: That's the one, actually. I do. I had that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my, my first one was 88. So, yeah. That's awesome.
2: Amazing. Has that been your uh, biggest gig to date?
3: Well, most prestigious by a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just walking out. I mean, we got, we turned up there. It was a really, really lovely day, red hot day. So weather was great, which is what you want when you turn up to a festival, because obviously people come out in the sunshine, they like to drink, they like to have a good time. We opened it up. The, uh, the tent was absolutely slam full. It's just magic, wasn't it, really? Yes, yeah, be that. Yeah, there's no better feeling than that. You know, you walk out and, and there's a roar, the roar of the audience, and it's just like, okay, then. Well, let's do it. <laughs> and that was Dan's first gig Dan, for the band as it well. Was, it was my debut. My debut gig was Download. Wow. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I was given the gig two weeks before. Yes. <laughs> so it's like two weeks. Oh, you're playing Donington. Okay. However, I was on holiday in Mallorca with my family for a week of that. <laughs> so the reality was I got back from holiday I learned an entire set. We jammed it twice, yeah, we did, and yeah. went out onto the download stage. Yeah,
2: Dan, did they have a bucket next to the side of the stage for you?
3: <laughs> they may as well have had, but you know, it was it was great. But there was still moments where, and I'll always remember this. You know, I, I kind of, I think, I, I guess, I was about eighty percent there, and all I was kind of missing was like. Shit! Is this my solo? And Liam was running across the stage, going, "Now, dude, now you!" you. (laughs) Uh,
2: That that sounds like a good time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, good time.
2: Do you guys stick around and watch the other bands?
3: Yeah. Well, the only issue was it was the day we played was lovely. The day after, and then the the following days of the festival, it yeah, it gone rain. It rained real bad, and uh, they just did well. Excuse the pun, dampen the spirits a little bit. But we we should have stuck around and watched as much as we yeah, could we? maiden. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday night. That
2: was brilliant. Yeah. Oh my God. I went and saw Maiden uh two nights ago here in uh in my town. Yeah. yeah. So good. Still so good. It made yeah. me it, I was telling uh, I was telling my wife, I said it made me a sixteen year old kid again.
3: That's the beauty of it. <laughs> That's the beauty of rock and roll when you go and see a show like that. You come out and you just feel yeah, and it takes you right back to when you first fell in love with it.
2: You know it doesn't happen often anymore, and it's not because somebody is doing a bad show or anything it It just doesn't seem to happen as often for me as it once did, but the other night with that uh Iron Maiden show and the set list and the the show itself, the props and everything they had going on, it was just it was flawless and awesome but uh yeah, so I really enjoy the new e p and and what are you guys calling it version one.
3: Yeah, V1.0, v I think. Oh, is it so? We couldn't really decide, so it's whatever you want. it. Yeah, to whatever. You want to <laughs> Volume <laughs> 1, version 1. However you read it. <laughs> yeah, and so
2: what's the idea behind uh, V1.0 or version 1.0? It's
3: just the fact that we we, we were going to release a series of EP, like two EP. so it was going to be V1 and V2, Okay. and that gave us... That, and I suppose that would give us a bit of breathing space to think about what we were going to do afterwards but because it, we released it and it sold so well it, like it was number what was it where did we get to on Amazon number two number two in the sellers. number two in the best sellers on Amazon it sat behind Queen's greatest hits for what for how long four weeks, yeah. three, four weeks. For, for three or four weeks and we couldn't knock them off the top spot because they released Bury and Rhapsody and they were number one on every
2: everything in the world every
3: chart in the world they were number one on Mars I think to be fair yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic, man. Good on you guys. And you did tell me that earlier, and I just didn't, I didn't put the two together. So that makes total sense. And
3: yeah, so then that's the, so hence the reason for the album now, because people are saying we, you know, we don't want another three or four tracks. We want ten or twelve. Yeah, so great reviews for everyone. Just basically saying we want more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the only the only negative review was why is there no more than four tracks? It's like we need an album. So we like, do. so we we took that on board and. So We're there, the there will there will up. be a V2 at some point, but it's going to be Album
2: 3. Yeah, well, I was going to say is uh, you'll call the album something. Then you guys can either put out a deluxe version of the album with V.2 on it. Yeah, go. great
3: idea. There you go. Good idea.
2: You're welcome. That's free. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so before I let you guys get out of here, one of the things that I like to do is we like to do a short little lightning round, so you can just we'll go around the horn here and each one of you can answer your own answer but the idea is don't overthink these questions right okay. alright so name two Desert Island records you take with you to Desert Island oh cracky is
3: that one for you going down here everywhere okay well for me it's Night of the Opera by Queen Hounds of Love Kate Bush good choices yep what would mine be I don't know Steve Ray Vaughan record I think Uh I can't remember which one
2: couldn't stand the weather.
3: Yeah, possibly, yeah. Uh,
2: I love that
1: one. Uh,
3: I don't know. Do the one, honestly. I really don't. Can't think.
2: Health Addiction V1. There you go.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we'll sit down there. What is it? Health Addiction V1.
2: Health Addiction V1. <laughs> Not broken? Nah. <laughs> All right. Everybody answered that. A pint or a whiskey? Pint. Both. Both. <laughs> Why did I know that that was going to be somebody's answer? <laughs> okay. Name three new hard rock bands, not your own, you're listening to these days. Three new hard rock
3: bands. Whoa. Does Heat count as a new? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Heat. 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 Okay. Do you know, I'm to not nothing much new at the moment?
3: Winery Dogs for me. Winery Dogs. I guess Pokes in the fall. They count. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Somebody was wearing, it might have been Ben was wearing a New Roses shirt that I, I liked them yes. quite a bit. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That, that's Ben wearing that. Yeah, yeah. New Roses is another one.
2: Yeah. How about three older bands, any style that you, that's always on your playlist?
3: Oh, wow. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Kiss for me. Kiss. The, the guy's Iron Maiden, White Snake.
2: Which Maiden is your Maiden, the older or the new?
3: Um, middle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, so, that's fair. I came in with Killers was my first record, but my bang zone for Maiden is uh, Peace of Mind and Power Slave. A Slave's the
3: one. Yeah. Yes, definitely.
2: Yeah. How about um, Guitar Pedal or Effect You Can't Live Without?
3: Uh, Well, it's it's Tube Screamer. Yeah, Tube Screamer for me. Yeah, it's similar. Just an overdrive or a delayer, I I think.
2: You guys both use the Ibanez Tube Screamer?
3: Versions of, yeah, yeah, copycat things. if, If not, yeah, I use a Marshall Governor. Yeah. Gary Moore style thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Used to love the old tube screamer.
3: Nice. It's incredible. I've just got the new sparkly red one. Oh, here he goes. Yeah. Like a fucking dog with a bone. Yeah. (laughs) It's red and sparkly. Yeah, exactly. What's not to like?
2: Well, so is there anything that we didn't cover?
3: (laughs) cover? (laughs) I think we've we've covered a lot for now until the next time. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think I'll tell you what. My favorite two tracks off of V1.0 are Free Your Mind and Running Away. Yeah. So I think that we will close out this interview with Free Your Mind. You guys good with that?
3: Yeah, cool. Yeah, go for it. Crank it up.
2: Crank it up. Thank you, gentlemen.
3: Yeah, Thank you, so mate.
1: Okay. So this band, first of all, that was a great interview. I wish I'd had the chance to talk to him too, because they seemed like cool guys. So the Al art is awesome. And I will tell you the skid row part of that three-way comes out big time for me. Like I hear a lot of skid row. Love the riffs. It's the melodies sometimes didn't always connect with me, but I really like what you're going to do, backs to the walls. And the, the vocals... I guess it is a little Sebastian, because there seems to be a lot of screaming versus actual singing. So there's times where I was almost, I got to listen to it a little more, because there was times I was almost like, uh, hold on, are you going to go too far? And then he wouldn't go too far, he'd bring it back. So I guess the thing about Skid Row was that first album I heard, uh, Skid Row's first album was very, very melodic. They didn't really get to the super duper screaming until like the second, third album. Um. Although he screams a lot on the first album, but there's a lot of good melodies, where here, they're almost like Skid Row's third album immediately, and that's the first time you hear them. So I probably have to spend some more time with it.
2: Yeah, I would definitely suggest spending more time with it, because that didn't come across for me at all. I didn't think there was a ton of screaming. I mean, he definitely hit some of the high notes, but he doesn't really sound like he's he's much more of a rock and roll singer, kind of gritty-wise, than clean, I think, anyway, but... Yeah, definitely spend some time. Did you have the opportunity to listen to V1, or which record did you listen to?
1: I listened to Broken. They li- they released a full-length record in- on April 4th, 2019, 10 songs. Yeah, that's the full-length record. That's right, Broken. Check
2: out, yeah, there's some good stuff on Broken, but if you get a chance, check out V1, the, the EP. You can tell that they've progressed a little bit. Uh, I think the songwriting has gotten better on this EP, so... Uh, do yourself a favor, check that out because that's that's what's got them a lot of uh, buzz going right now. Uh, and there's even a ballad on there that you might enjoy. So check that one out. But I played some new tunes along the way in that interview. So hopefully the folks will dig it. Again, the band is Hell's Addiction uh, from Leicester, England. Leicester, UK, whatever you want to say there. Uh, but that's it, man we just introduced four newer bands to the listeners. And hopefully just like the last episode, they latched on to some of it and they dug some of it and they'll go out
1: and buy and support, uh, these artists. Yeah. There's a ton of music out there. Hard to check all of it out. Uh, what we like doing is, you know, Steven and I have a, We have a commonality in hard rock music, but the types of bands we like are a little bit different. So it gives you a little bit of a a different feel between the four bands of what you might like, what you might not like. So definitely check them out. Thanks for all the feedback on the Facebook page and thanks for connecting with us on Twitter. Appreciate all the feedback on the website. Keep it coming and uh, go support new bands. Talk to you later later.
0: Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.